Hi everyone, it's time for episode 10 of the Think Beyond Business and Marketing Podcast. Yay! We have had many wonderful special guests so far, but today it's time to turn the tables and interview Stephen for a change. How do you feel about that? Terrified. <laughs> Go easy on me. Oh no, it's my turn now to ask questions this time. So just sit back, relax, and let the good times roll. Let's get on with it then. Short and sweet, just like me. <laughs> well, this time I'm going to ask you a few questions so that everyone can get to know you a little bit. Okay, so here we go. What is your favorite hobby? A bit embarrassing, really. Um, it's probably more publicly acceptable than it used to be, but I'm I'm quite an avid uh, computer gamer, dare I admit it publicly. <laughs> Fair enough. What two things would you take to a desert island, Stephen? Oh, I've given this one a, a lot of thought in the past. You know, people would say matches or a can opener and all that sort of thing. But first of all, I'd take my wife. <laughs> um, and secondly, I'd take a satellite phone. Mm, okay, good answers, especially me interviewing you, I mean your wife at the end of the day, so there you go. Does it make the questions easier? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best concert you ever attended? Oh, an, 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 another shocking one I shouldn't admit publicly. Um, I would say Slipknot. Oh, um, okay. Because it was the one of the last things I did. Uh, before the pandemic and the lockdown uh, early 2020 so it was a great chance to unwind and little did I know it would be one of the last chances to unwind for quite a while. Fair point so okay let's get going and talk about business change for the better. Excellent. So first question how would you define business change? Nice and easy one to start me off. Um I would probably define it in more than one way. Uh, so first of all, one way you could look at it is you keep doing what you do today, but do it a bit better. This I see as more operational change, BAU change. Two, you do what you do, but in a different way. This is more of a, an operating model change. Uh, and then finally, that you, you change what you sell and, and to whom you, you sell it. You, you do things differently, and that's more of a strategic change it requires a bigger change in the organization more of a transformation um, and the majority of change really is is the first one uh, which is doing what you do now and a bit better and it has critics and limitations uh, and a wise man once said you can't really shrink your way to greatness uh, no but you can improve a business on the way there that would be my argument so basically plenty of room to improve that's what you're saying here. Indeed. <laughs> so what is the difference then between transformation and change? Is it all about productivity? Good question. Um, for, not really. For, for me, change is something that we do day to day. It's constant. Uh, sometimes it's a small tweak, maybe a short project, uh, a program of change projects, maybe. Uh, transformation is, is much more disruptive. And uh, such as my strategic change, the third example, if you are changing what you do and to whom you sell it to, that really is a significant deviation from standard uh, for an organization. Uh, and real transformation aims to deliver long-term sustainable competitive advantage. 
doing what we do today, but a little bit better, doesn't create market leadership. We'll never become Apple, for example, by continuing to be that way. And this ultimately is reflected in share prices. It weighs on share price because investors can see that cost reductions, efficiency gains, merger and acquisition synergies, they're all short to medium term benefits. They will run out eventually. Um, going back to answer the productivity question, it's actually one of the criticisms of strategic planning. And, and many senior leaders, directors, they tend to roll their eyes uh, when people mention strategic planning because of the effort involved, first of all. And, and they all, perhaps bias, uh, expect to be offered, asked to do more with less. Um, and, and sadly, that misses the point and some of the main benefits of strategic planning. So we should get a strategic planning back on the saddle then. Um, excellent. So if I ask the next question then, um, tell us a little bit more about strategic planning and what are the advantages and disadvantages in your view? You're not really going easy on me, are you? Um, so a strategic planning exercise establishes a foundation really for more detailed business planning. It helps you establish and document strategic priorities from mission statement through to the, the goals of the organization. Uh, and I really see, I try and neatly do this, there's two or three advantages and disadvantages of it. Um, so first of all, advantages, you get to set the priorities for the year or the coming years so that the organization doesn't lose focus on, on what it's doing, its ultimate objectives. Um, Secondly, you can start to think about the iterative process of annual operating plans, AOP, medium-term plans, MTP, and long-term plans, LTP, of how you can get to those goals. Uh, and once you've figured out who's responsible, accountable for, for those, you can cascade and communicate this trajectory to the stakeholders in the form that is appropriate. Um, in terms of disadvantages, there are a few. Um, it is a chance to think about and challenge and review what the organization is realistically capable of, what capacity and capability does it have, and to change the target operating model whilst we're at it to, to address that. Unfortunately, of course, not every business wants to go there and, and sometimes doesn't want to admit the, the shortcomings. There's also an opportunity to set shared priorities, but sometimes boards and directors, they, they wait for the owner or the CEO to tell them what the priorities are, that they're the boss, they own the company, or, or they, they have a very senior position at the head of the organization. But real strategic planning benefits the organization best when there's a collective collaborative agreement of priorities. Uh, and finally, one of the disadvantages which we can turn into an opportunity, there's a really good opportunity with strategic planning to use research, uh, industry reports, market analysis, customer research, competitor intelligence. Otherwise, we're simply relying on the opinion of the people in the room of, of where the opportunities are. Uh, and they may not be right. It may just be an internal view. So I hope that gives a balanced view of advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. So if I sum up what you just said, would you agree with me that a strategic planning, it's an inwards as well as an outwards view then? Is that what you're trying to say with this? It should be both. Uh, it, it should not be just solely internally focused. We only know what we know. Mm -hmm. We don't know what we don't know. 
So if it's only internally focused or we bring in a facilitator um, that, that has no experience in the industry or, or we're not armed with research, we're simply asking opinions of people in the room. Yeah. And uh, that that is a great limitation of strategic planning. So you know, I personally believe it, it benefits more to do the, the hard work first and to get some information to, to work with um, and, and, and try and identify some of the opportunities before going into it. Yeah, makes sense. Thank you, Stephen. So on to the next. Um, are Lean Six Sigma, continuous improvement, agile, process automation, overhead value analysis and value for money exercises just a way of increasing productivity? Another really simple, easy question. You're uh, welcome. So, <laughs> uh, okay, it's a serious podcast. Uh, so I can see why people would think that, that it's all about productivity. And again, a bit of a sigh, sharp intake of breath. Um, and it's true that many of these tools are actually used to save money. Um, I would encourage people to think of it in a slightly different way, though. So if we think about uh, Her Majesty's government in the UK, they think of revenue generation in terms of tax revenue and productivity. The former is something we all complain about, you know, de death and taxes and all that, but it pays for public sector expenditure and future pension payments. The latter, productivity, is about growth and increased economic output, higher output per unit of labour. And the more the economy earns, the more tax revenue is collected off it. And that's how the government views it. If we translate that into business sense, the more profit we can make, the more we can reinvest into the business. And also, for some companies, the more taxes we can pay to the exchequer. If we take lean as an example and we apply it to teams within a business, it means identifying waste in processes and things that we can remove, not necessarily working harder. We take Six Sigma very quickly. It means increasing the quality of outputs to customers. So we look for ways to reduce lead times, errors, costs. Um, and if staff can see the unnecessary tasks or steps in a process, delays, mistakes, uh, errors that are reduced, it improves the employee experience as well as the customer experience. So we should never be solely focused on it's a cost-cutting mechanism. It's a way of increasing productivity. It can improve employee experience and the customer experience. Saving employees time, working on more value-add activities and increasing the quality and value for customers. That sounds awesome, especially now with the great resignation, supporting the employee experience as well as the customer experience makes total sense to me. So, wow, awesome stuff. Uh, so just one final question, Stephen, and you're off the hook. Okay. Um, so you touched on research in, pre in the previous answer. Do ports make enough use of research in their planning and do businesses just do stuff without it? Another interesting question. Um, it, it's difficult to give an opinion on every business out there can only speak for what, what we've seen uh, in the last few years and, and previous career. And the question really comes down to ambition from my perspective. Uh, we know if we look at the government's perspective, they want to increase productivity, which is output per unit of labor, particularly in small to medium sized enterprises. 
They want to increase it by about 100 billion to match the levels of Germany. That's a huge increase in, in the economy. But that's only achievable if businesses want to find growth opportunities, if they want to increase the business performance and achieve better outcomes from initiatives, change projects, transformation. Um, but in the busy world of businesses, many people just seem to, um, dare we say, it, kind of rush off and do it to f have a great idea and then go and go and try it. And, and we tend to call that an entrepreneurial mindset, perhaps. of it, It's always something that we aspire to. But of course, some get lucky when we just do stuff um, and, and, and some don't. So a few will get rewards and some... Uh, will fail and we tend to hear lots about the ones that succeed which is in general is the minority um, the majority don't succeed you know, 85% of product launches fail 78% of transformations fail 60% of businesses don't last beyond three years so sometimes just doing it isn't sufficient particularly if there's a lot of investment riding on it um, or, or you've placed a, a kind of big bet. So from my perspective, research, analysis, insight, um, and, and, and reports, um, market profiling, all this sort of thing, helps to identify and leverage opportunities and gives you more chance of success. And it reduces the risk of investing, uh, particularly on what I refer to as big bets, unfounded um ideas and initiatives that sound great they're not based on detailed research there's not a clear market opportunity there we just think it's a good idea we've developed a problem for a, a product for a problem that doesn't exist for example um, and, and it really frustrates me how many companies gamble on these opportunities that fail to materialize and that's pretty expensive Oh dear, more like a hope and pray technique here. <laughs> yeah, it was a good way of putting it. Well, thank you, Stephen. This was a fascinating insight into business change. How are we feeling? Better now it's over. Um, it, it's, 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 quite, it's liberating not to be the interviewer, um, but you have to think on your feet a little bit more. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely harder um, and, and to try and answer the question uh, in a way that uh, brings experience to bear and hopefully people are interested in my uh, my perspective on things. Excellent. Well, you cannot have it both ways, Stephen. So cool. So this is a wrap up on episode 10 with Stephen. Check us out on Anchor, Spotify and Google Podcasts. You can find the article, including the links on our website. Bye for now. Thank you.